0: Good morning. We have gathered to worship the Lord. Um, You may well know Mary Lynn and I were out of town. We took two days in South Carolina to be with family and uh, just marvel at the, would you say, warm Michigan welcome as we returned home. Both Corey and I, who you'll get to meet later, have experienced something of a more snow to shovel on a preaching Sunday than one might have guessed. Um, Our call to worship for this morning is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 103. It's a responsive reading, and so I'll lead, and as you respond, this is the Word of God. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Let's stand and sing together, sing praises to God who reigns above. Amen. Have a seat if you would, please. Again, I'm thankful to uh, be in Michigan and to welcome you, those of you who are worshiping on site. And as we get the opportunity online through the live stream or the recording to be with others in your time and space, it's been interesting for us through the course of this COVID to see new doors for opportunity that God has opened as we look to continue to focus on relationships, on worship of God, and on service together. But now, further and further apart, even in the midst of things. Um, I mentioned, I've been traveling, but we're back this morning, uh, Corey Pluckmeyer. Uh, Will be preaching. Uh, Corey recently moved with his family to here in, from Grand Rapids to here in Holland, where he'll serve as executive director of Movement Western Michigan. It's a ministry committed to uniting Christian faith leaders to serve with humility and love for the flourishing of all in our community. Gathering, nonprofits, churches, businesses, um, any place where... The people of God, believers, are invested in the community, building those bridges and sharing. He'll tell you more about that and bring to us the Word of God this morning. Um, some information that I want to make sure we are all aware of, we got it out in email, but it's been a challenging week. I hope we got word about the passing of Beth Bowes on December 31st after a long and challenging um, about with a brain tumor that she finally succumbed to. Uh, The funeral will be here on Thursday. You'll see more about that um, in information that we'll email out, and we'll need folks to help serve with that, so please be aware. But we continue to pray and um, support the Bowes family. Also learned yesterday with Lee and Jane Bosco, their son-in-law, the daughter's husband, uh, Adam Smith in Colorado succumbed to a six-year battle with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And if you've ever walked with anyone through that, it's a long, hard, debilitating um, decline and a hard moment. So our prayers are with you, and particularly as you have uh, time with family, ways that we can support. Um, you'll hear me pray later on today. It's been quite a December. Um, And I think we all feel that I'm thankful that we can take the sorrows of our heart to a God who's faced our sorrows, joined us in them. Um, A couple of slides we have for announcements. The First, as we get going in the new year, you'll see we'll start some Wednesday discussion groups and some other discussion groups. Um, We're starting a new sermon series, and we're going to track it along with this book as we look at parables, Uh, Scandalous Stories, How Grace Can Be So Surprising. Um, There'll be a chapter in this book that will coordinate with Sunday's sermon, and so we'll have some groups doing that. I hope to also start a Grace and Truth uh, group again. We did that in the fall, five conversations that um, we need to have about faith, gender, and uh, sexuality in the church, Uh, we're looking for ways to equip smaller groups of people to gather together to pray, to study, and to learn. Also our online connect card. If you will text the word connect to this phone number, 616-202-1210, you'll get a link to a form. You can uh, ask for a visit, a prayer request, just any kind of thing. I uh, like that there'll be space in that form to do, a way to facilitate communication. As Corey and I were kind of praying and preparing for this uh, Sunday, we came to a, a, a common excitement on the Heidelberg Catechism and this question number 31. So um, I'm going to have us read the Heidelberg Catechism, the question and answer, this expression of our faith. Um, There we go. Press on with that. Why is he, that is the Son of God, called Christ, meaning anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and has been anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the sacred counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance our only high priest who has delivered us by the one sacrifice of his body and who continually pleads our cause with the Father and to be our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and who guards us and keeps us in the freedom he has won for us. Keeps us in the freedom he has won for us. A life that's ours to receive by grace and respond with gratitude is freedom. And God is at work to keep us in the freedom that he has won for us. Let's stand and sing together. Breathe on me, breath of God. Seated, let us turn to the Father. I'll lead us in prayer, um, expressing the prayers as I know them of the body to the Lord. But I'll leave space for you as well to lift the hopes, the fears of all the years that you find in your heart uh, to a good and gracious God. Let's pray, O Lord, our God and Father, as we begin a new year. Uh, We give you thanks. I can't help but uh, grin with you, Abba Father. Boy, what a year it's been. Challenging, sad, hopeful, powerful. Thank you that you have been with us even as we have been through it. Prepare our hearts for a new year. Uh, All that it may bring, those many things we cannot see or imagine, Thank you that whatever it is, encouraging or discouraging, and we know we will face both, thank you that whatever it is, we can face it in your power and by your grace. Prepare us for this new year, even as we ask you, teach us from what we have been through. Lord, we pray for Heart of Ministries. We thank you for this ministry umbrella, that uh, you use in marvelous ways. This morning in particular, we pray for Watershed, our sister worshiping co- community, and for Pastor Mary DeWitt, who will be preaching. We pray for Fusion, that will meet later on with Pastor JB, and for Missy with Pastor Florencio, that'll be right here in the Spanish language, giving you glory. We pray, too, for celebration. We thank you for the chance to be fed your word and get to know Corey Pluckmire. We pray for his ministry, not only in this coming moment, but day by day and week by week. May he bear great fruit for your kingdom through Movement Western Michigan. Father, we pray very specifically your comforting grace for John and the family at Beth's passing. Even as this journey has been uh, aware to them as they've walked this, um, even now as they cross a particular bridge, be comfort and grace. In the same way, we pray for Lee and Jane uh, at Adam's passing and for their daughter, Shelby. Again, Father, a hard burden lifted, but a great loss all the same. We pray the comfort of your Holy Spirit who would speak into our darkness and loneliness. We pray you would speak words of adoption and encouragement, guide us in grief. Father, as I prepared and prayed, I was struck by the loss that has so marked this past month. And so we continue to pray, Father, uh, for Shelley and uh, her son Brandon and grandson Sebastian at Jerry's passing, for Dottie and the whole family, uh, Kim and Jane, others at Gene's passing, for Don DeVries, Father, at Mark's passing, and for Bobden Blaker and Carol as his brother, all in a month, Father, and that just with celebration. We've known others in our immediate family, in our sister congregations, in other places in our community, and so we just pray for those who are on the journey of grief right now. Father, we thank you that Jesus did not leave us as orphans, but promised the Holy Spirit I pray along this journey that you would give people a deeper sense of your presence. Um, Thank you that you've, even when we can't uh, grasp answers, that you've given us yourself. Fill our hearts with that and hope. Father, it's been a month where we've heard hard medical diagnoses as well, and so we pray uh, for Helene as she'll begin more tests in the coming week, and for Jim who's got treatment coming up. For Marianne, who's waiting on the results of tests and decisions. For Sean and her family, others, Father, in our different communities and those outside Hardaway, just take a moment and pray for those with particular medical needs. And Father, we look with open eyes and see the tension and brokenness in our world, the medical pressure from this Omicron Omicron surge. We see the international tensions as nation lines up against nation. We see disruption in the climate with storms and drought and flood and, and institutions, government and education. We see the brokenness of the world, Father, and we recognize that there is a greater brokenness than even our best efforts. And so we thank you for the gospel, which is your entry into our brokenness, the brokenness of your creation, to redeem and to restore. Thank you that the war and plague and sickness and death that we see will one day be ended. And so it is we live now in that hope, and we work now towards that end because Jesus went to the cross to break all of that so that all that is sad might one day become untrue. Father, we and those we love have faced loss and tragedy that we may not have caused directly or chosen or deserved directly or desired. And yet, here we are. I pray that in the midst of all of that, you would be present. Again and again, we come to that, Father. Thank you that you've given us yourself. And so you've called us to pray, Father, for those we love to lift up our own hopes and fears. You've called us to pray as well for those in authority over us. And so we pray in our regular cycle for local government for Holland City and Park and Holland Townships, and Ottawa County, particularly for school boards this week as we navigate uh, going back and getting back to routine, give wisdom and insight. Uh, We pray for them, Father, and those who are charged with making decisions. We pray too for the missionaries that you've sent out from Hardawake. Thank you that the gospel is good news to the entire planet. That a God who would lay aside His glory and take on our brokenness and step into the point of judgment to receive what we have earned so that He might give what we never could. We thank You for the good news of the gospel. And so it is in that security of what You have done for us, we pray together with one voice saying, just as Jesus taught us, our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Corey, I'm going to ask you to just come forward. You'll get to know Corey. You've heard me mention the ministry that brought him here to Holland. This is our first chance to have a relationship like that. So carry on, my friend.
1: Well, thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for having me here with you. It's good to be with you this morning to worship with you. I invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 3 or to follow along on the screen as we hear the word of God from Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. This is what we read. While the man, that is a man who has just been healed, held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. As he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel... All the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and we can say thanks be to God. Well, church, it is good to be with you. As Bill said, I have recently moved back to Holland from Grand Rapids. I grew up in Holland, but I did have a pretty significant change with this move to Holland, not just the job. I think actually the bigger change is that I'm now a North Sider. (laughs) I crossed the river. You know, I grew up on the south side. In fact, my parents, uh, they live about uh, three, four miles away from uh, both sides of the family's great great grandparents' farms, right? Like, southsiders through and through. My mom has lived in Holland her entire life, and when she came to our house for the first time, the first words out of her mouth were, I don't know the north side at all. <laughs> we know there's a difference. I love the north side, it's great. It's been wonderful to move into the north. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. It has been wonderful to move into the north side. We've enjoyed... <coughs> sorry. Ooh. We have enjoyed the north side. It has been delightful. But we know that even the, the sort of joking tension between north side and south side in Holland does belie a little bit of an ongoing, long-standing history. That there are differences of opinion and differences of experience. Now when I, when I was a kid, I used to hear the story, my grandpa used to work at the windmill gas station on the corner of 32nd Street and 64th Street on the south side of Holland. And he had a coworker who, every time somebody would come to him and say, Hey, how do I get to the state park? He would say, Hey, just go west, turn right, and you'll see it. <laughs> Heaven forbid that coworker send anybody to the north side. But that tension, even though it's just something that sort of continues to exist and we know it doesn't really matter, we know that it's just a small taste of the very real tension that exists in our world. Pastor Bill prayed about it. He he mentioned the reality of the tension that we see all around us. Tension that can be within our own families, within our own households. The last two years has just exploded with this tension within churches, within families, within school boards, within communities. And it feels like everywhere we look, everything is getting torn apart more and more, such that the divides between north side and south side are just a joke. Because we can't even imagine what unity looks like in a world so broken. The reality is we're all wondering what does it look like to find the ability to agree to disagree? What does it look like to work together, to be together, to be the church together? And these are hard questions, right? We have to wrestle with when do we just agree to disagree? When do we push back? But underneath this, especially here on this second Sunday after Christmas, only eight days since we celebrated the birth of Jesus, there is a very real tension around the fact that we just celebrated the birth of the Prince of Peace. And yet we live in a world in which that peace seems out of reach, even sometimes within our own families. And here in West Michigan, we are really, really good at finding the illusion of peace by simply not talking about the things that would disrupt that peace. And yet I think we all know that not talking about it isn't true peace. At Christmas, we remember, we recognize that we live in the already but not yet, right? There is a reality in which we celebrate the already. Jesus has been born. Jesus lived. He died. He rose again. And yet, everything is not yet brought to fullness and completion. Everything is not yet the way that it should be. There is still a not yetness to the world in which we live, and so we live in this world in this life leaning forward into a better vision of how things can be. We practice at living and loving and serving and thinking like Jesus. And this is what the earliest church was up to. And so in Acts chapter 3 when we step into our text, Peter and John have just healed a man who has been carried in to the temple every single day. And as Bill and I talked about this sermon, he mentioned that as you walked through that, he pointed out that Jesus himself probably saw this man in the temple. And it wasn't God's timing for that man to be healed, because God had a different story. And that story comes to fullness here in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John heal this man and the And he clings to Peter and John, and the crowds follow him, and all the people are astonished. Now, in this society, at this time, this man would have been an outcast. People would have looked at him with the thought, with the assumption that he or his parents did something wrong. Because the thought was that if you had this sort of affliction, you must have earned it in some way, or your parents must have earned it in some way. And so, Peter and John, when they heal him, they look at him. Acts chapter 3 says, They look at him, they affirm him. And the man gets up, he begins to run, and everybody's amazed. And I love Peter's question. Peter asks the crowd of, of, of amazed and astonished onlookers, he says, Why does this surprise you? I love that question because it's not the question that I expect to ask. Right? Peter and John, bring, through Peter and John, God brings healing to this man. He's running around the temple. He's clinging to them. He's following them. The crowds are following them. They're amazed. I would be amazed. Wouldn't you be amazed at this this man who you have seen every day at the temple begging? This man who has never been able to walk and run. Now he's walking and running. And the crowd is amazed. And Peter's first question Why are you surprised? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You see, I think sometimes we forget, sometimes we lose track of the reality that where the followers of Jesus are, there should be healing and restoration. Where the followers of Jesus are, there should be peace. Where the followers of Jesus are, there should be miraculous healing and love and reconciliation bubbling up all around us. Because we have the power and presence of Jesus Christ in our life. We have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our heart. And God is going to glorify his servant Jesus in and through each and every single one of us. Where the people of Jesus are, there should be peace and reconciliation and healing and hope and joy. And all of these things that people all around us should be amazed And our first question should be, why are you surprised? Isn't this what you expect? Isn't this what you should expect out of a group of people who call themselves the followers of Jesus? In verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see friends where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom where the spirit of jesus is there is peace and yet somehow some way i think we've lost sight of that somehow some way the church the followers of jesus have gained a reputation more for being what we're against than what we're for. Somehow, some way, the followers of Jesus have become known for the rigid rules and boundaries that we set instead of the freedom that we have through Jesus Christ. Somehow, some way, the followers of Jesus have become known more for the judgment we cast on those who are different from us than on having open and welcome and loving arms somehow some way we've gotten to a point where in the Greater Holland Zealand area, by our count, there are 313 individual church congregations. Just in this community. 313 congregations. And so many of those divisions are over petty and little things. A man who has never been able to walk starts running around the temple. And Peter's first question is, why are you amazed? Why are you surprised? This is what happens when the spirit of Jesus is here. This is what happens when we have faith in Jesus Christ. Healing happens. Miracles happen. Hope happens. Freedom happens. Restoration happens. Reconciliation happens. Why are you amazed? But Peter recognizes that there's something that needs to happen in the heart of those who are gathered around him. And he walks through the final chapters of Jesus' life and over and over again he says you did this you did that and in part there's a reality right we're only 50 60 ish days after easter we are not far out from the good news of easter morning we are not far away from the day that jesus was was sentenced to die There is a reality that many of the people gathered here in the temple are, in fact, the very same people who were part of that crowd. And so when Peter uses this direct you, he is talking to some of the very same people who were there. But then he says this. He says... Pages out of order. It says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you. Even Jesus. Appointed for you. The same people, the same crowd who were part of the, the chorus of voices calling for the crucifixion of Jesus. Even for you. Appointed for you. Nothing we have done, nothing we could do, could ever be so great as to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing we have done, nothing we could do could ever be so great as to undo the love of God that is demonstrated and poured out for us. And church, one of the things that I know, because prior to my position with Movement West Michigan, I've served congregations for the last decade. And I know that it is possible to show up in these pews Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for years and yet somehow never fully grasp the grace of Jesus Christ. And never fully believe that God loves you. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done, no matter what your kids did, no matter what your parents did, no matter if you are from the north side or the south side, God loves you. And Jesus was appointed for you. Every single One of you here in this building, every single one of you watching online, the grace of Jesus Christ is for you. And where there is faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there is fruit that gets born. Because I know that for many of us, we have lived our lives in that good news of that peace. We have lived our lives embracing that peace. And the question is, how do we step further into it? How do we live into it more? What does it look like in our lives to live as a follower of the Prince of Peace? Well, this is where Peter brings us back to, of all places, the book of Deuteronomy. In verse 21, Peter says, Heaven must receive him until the time comes from God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Those words come from Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter, uh, the whole book of Deuteronomy is Moses' sort of extended, very long goodbye sermon, right? You think Bill preaches long, you think I'm going long, now i got nothing on Moses. Very long, extended goodbye sermon. And in Deuteronomy chapter 18, he talks about prophets. And he says... In verse 22, just a short while after these verses that Peter quotes, and by the way, there would have been an expectation in the crowd. These are largely people who have heard and studied and memorized a significant portion of the Torah. And so when Peter quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 18, he knows that the wheels are turning to just the next couple of verses. And in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22 Moses says, "If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken." In other words, you know a prophet by their fruit. If, if what a prophet says doesn't come true, not not a true prophet. But this idea, you know somebody by their fruit, this idea comes up over and over and over again. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Or one of my favorite passages, just a couple chapters after Acts chapter 3, in Acts chapter 5, verses 38 and 39, where the rabbi Gamaliel uh, stands up before the Sanhedrin, this council of leaders, and the apostles have been brought before them, and they're trying to figure out, what do we do with these people who are followers of Jesus? And Gamaliel says this, he says, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God... You will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. We know a prophet by their fruit. Which is why those words from question and answer 31 are so important. Right? What does it mean that Jesus Christ has been anointed? He is our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance. We know and can trust fully that what Jesus declares to us about salvation and about our deliverance and about our freedom and our hope, we can fully trust it because it has been proven true. Now, further on in the catechism, it asks, but why are you called Christian? And the answer it gives is because we share in his anointing. Friends, as a follower of Jesus, each and every one of us, if we are somebody who claims to be a follower of Jesus, we share in the anointing of Christ We are anointed to be prophets. We are anointed to be those who speak and live the truth, whose lives demonstrate the power and presence of Jesus. Where faith in Jesus is, where the presence of Jesus is, there is hope and life and freedom and reconciliation and renewal. If we believe that Jesus is our chief prophet, if we share in that anointing, well, it should change what it looks like to find peace with one another in the midst of contentious times. Because we ask ourselves questions like, what fruit is being born? Are we being more loving? Are we being more kind? Are we being more gentle? Are we being more self-controlled? Are we being more patient? Right? The fruit of the Spirit. Is it bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit? Are we bringing forth more of the fruit of the Spirit? Are people looking at us and the way that we live with astonishment and wonder? Asking why is there such good news all around you? Are we worried about protecting our own stuff or are we turning away from ourselves? Are we more concerned with whether we are getting what we want out of church or are we more concerned with opening the doors so that anybody, anybody, can experience the hope and the good news of Jesus. That we can say Jesus has been appointed for you. Jesus brings peace. And so we look for fruit. Part of my Joy in this season of life is that I get to be the executive director of Movement West Michigan and I get to walk among all of these different parts of our community, all of these sectors, churches, businesses, nonprofit, government, and I get to listen to folks and I get to hear what God is doing in our community. I get to take sort of this 10,000 foot view and say, Where is God moving and how can we find ways to work together? But what drives me most in that work, what I am excited about and passionate about in stepping into this role, is that I believe that where the followers of Jesus are There should be healing and restoration and unity. The community should flourish. And for all of those 313 churches that we have here in the greater Holland, Zealand area, we should be one of the most flourishing communities in the world. For all of the people who are followers of Jesus Christ in this community, everybody around us, everybody in this state, everybody in this country should be looking at us with astonishment. And we should be able to say, why are you surprised? We've got the faith and hope of Jesus in this place. And friends, I fully trust and believe that when we embrace this good news that Jesus is our chief prophet, when we recognize that we share in that anointing, that what we will judge, how we will judge our lives and how we interact with the world around us, The standard will be, is it helping us love more fully? Is it clearing the weeds so that the fruit of the Spirit can grow? And I believe that as we live into that, as we embrace that, as we step into that, the Spirit of Jesus will unite us together. Will work us together such that everybody will wonder and ask, What's different? And we can say, Why are you amazed? Why are you surprised? This is what Jesus, this, this is what. The good news of Jesus means for me, for you. Jesus has been appointed for me. Jesus has been appointed for you. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us hold front and center in our lives that question, how can we bring forth the fruit of the Spirit? God, I pray that where we go, where we live, where we work, where we go to school, how we live each and every day would have this whole community asking, what's different? That they would be amazed and that our response would be, why are you surprised? Because this is what Jesus means to us. And God, I pray for anybody who is here with us today, anybody who is watching with us today, who needs to know, who needs to embrace that this good news, this grace is for them. God, I pray that you would just melt whatever barricade there may still be in their heart and help them to embrace it, to know that you love them, that Jesus has been appointed for them. God, may we bear the fruit of the Spirit. May we be known as true prophets of the one true prophet because of the fruit that we bear in our lives. In the name of Jesus, the one who has been anointed as our prophet, priest, and king, we pray and we all say together, Friends, I invite you to stand and join us in singing Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Friends, hear this blessing as we go forth from this place. Friends, may God go before you to guide you. May God go beside you to befriend you. Beneath you to support you. And behind you to protect you. Do not fear. Friends, Christ has been appointed for you. Do not be afraid. And we all say together, Amen.